0: supposed to want to do the hard stuff the reason we do this stuff the stuff we don't want to do is so that we can grow into the person that we want to become welcome to the together sober podcast i'm your host louise barnett former fortune 100 global sales director turned jay shetty accredited life coach Each week, we will provide you a safe space of guidance, empathy, accountability, and support, helping you to find effortless sobriety and mental health. Before we get started, you guys, please, please, please make sure to hit that subscribe button, like this episode, and rate and review the Together Sober podcast. This is actually the only way that we can grow organically to start impacting more and more lives to find lasting sobriety and mental peace. Many times when I'm sharing my story, whether it's with an individual, on a social media platform, maybe in a group where I'm sharing like a small piece of my story, I would say the number one question that comes back to me in my inbox, emails, DMs, whatever, is like, what was the turning point? How did you do it? How did you go from A to Z? So first of all, there is no A to Z. This is not linear, right? This is many ups and downs and forwards and backwards and lefts and rights. So that's a sidebar, but I do just want to make that clear um, that this process and this journey is not linear. But I think it's a fair question, and I definitely want to take some time to address it today and oftentimes it is asked me in the context of how did you find the motivation to finally get sober so that's what i want to address today is this topic of finding the motivation and how do you do it and how do you do it to get sober and how do you do it to stay sober so if you've listened to any of the earlier episodes you may have heard bits and pieces of my story there. And you know that I have definitely, like us all, have faced my own set of adversity. I've created obstacles for myself, and yet I have still managed to persevere. Um, So many of you know that I in my early twenties, um, alcohol wasn't just my drug of choice, right? I was doing copious amounts of cocaine and at one point was living in a crack house. So definitely surrounded myself by a world and an environment that, uh, y'all know my feelings about rock bottom, but certainly could be foreseen as a situation that would be hard to kind of rise from the ashes from. I was a single mother for the first almost five years of Annabelle's life. I was a single mother when I was pregnant for all nine months. And that was a period, those years of my life were extremely challenging mentally, emotionally, physically, you name it. And as I look back on these periods of my life, it is interesting to look back and realize how much was also going on in those times. So when I was in my early twenties, living that kind of a lifestyle, um, I was also getting my MBA. So I was also a high functioning, somehow managing to pull it through with an MBA as a single mother in active addiction with minimal resources. That's when I grew my career and just really persevered and found that internal motivation to grow my career. So I say this because I think it's important when we're in active addiction and we look at our own lives through our own lens, it's so easy to focus on the bad, how horrible we are, what a fuck up I am, why can't I stop drinking, Everything's wrong with me, etc., etc. And I think these are the times where it's so important to focus on the full picture, the bird's eye view, take the lens out and really look at your life. So just identify some of the things that are going for you right now, because I guarantee you can find some of them. Uh, In 2012, this is another example. I was in a long-term relationship with a man who was going through stage four cancer treatments. And because of those treatments, we had to leave our home in Rhode Island and move into Dana-Farber Cancer Institute housing facilities. And during this time, I was extremely depressed, extremely anxious. I had started pulling my hair out. So I didn't have any hair at the front of my head. I was in active alcohol addiction. I was sneaking bottles of vodka into the hospital, but also at this time in my life, I ran my first half marathon, and that is when I graduated with my MBA with cum laude honors. So look at the big picture. First of all, try not to have narrow focus, try not to have black and white thinking, try to think in the gray. So, here's, here's what I can promise you. I can promise you that not once over the past 20 years or so in any of these circumstances have I actually felt motivated. And truthfully, if I had to wait to feel motivated in any of these junctures in my life, quite frankly, this shit would have never happened. I would never be on this podcast. I would have never found my sobriety. It wouldn't have happened. Point blank. So, whatever. You can change the podcast now if if you're not into this because I am sorry to disappoint you that the subject of today um is a little bit of a curveball, right? Uh motivation is never going to lead to action. And action is what leads to change. So we have to come up with a different way of looking at our lives and looking at what we want to accomplish in our lives. That is outside of just simply feeling motivated. You cannot wait for motivation miraculously to come. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to come, it's not going to happen and you're not going to get motivated. So shut me off if you're done listening to me. But if you want to understand a more realistic approach to how you can tackle getting sober, accomplishing goals that you're working towards, that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to give you four concrete, realistic ways that you can get the result you're looking for, which is to take action, which is going to cause change and increase self-confidence. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So the reason we do this stuff oftentimes in the beginning, when we set out to do it, it's not because we want to do it. It's so that we can grow into the person that we want to be. Arguably runners, right? will claim to love running. Yes. But do they love every run they set out to do? No. They're doing it so that they can grow into the person that they want to be and accomplish the goal that they've set out to accomplish half marathon, marathon, 5k, whatever it is. So before we dive into the four realistic solutions, just take a minute to think about if you have the ability to write it down, I love for you to be able to do that. I know if you're driving, I do not want you to do that, but just think out loud to yourself what are some of the things that you do find yourself asking for motivation for is it to get sober is it to eat healthier is it to lose 10 pounds is it to reach a fitness goal is it to reach a career goal is it to reach a relationship goal what are the things excuse me, that you found yourself almost like in that daydream mode. Like, Oh, I just wish I could be motivated to do that. Maybe it's laundry, maybe, you know, think small, think, think simple, but just come up with a list three to five items that you find yourself asking for motivation for. Okay. Let's just go. Let's go with number one. Be realistic and visualize the journey. Don't sell yourself short. But don't set yourself up for failure either. We are most likely if we're successful we are trying to set specific, measurable, actionable, reasonable, realistic, and time bound goals for ourselves. That's the acronym SMART, that's a conversation for another day, but we need to be setting goals that are specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time bound. If we do that, we can visualize the reality of this goal. So if you have a goal, to get sober, to abstain from alcohol, and you are currently actively drinking, this is gonna suck. (laughs) There's, There's no sugarcoating this. This is gonna suck. There's gonna be sacrifice. There's gonna be discomfort. There's gonna be things you don't like about this. It's gonna suck. So first, You might be thinking, Louise, but like, I think it's important to picture myself as the sober person who maybe has climbed a couple notches in the career world, has found the relationship that I'm looking for, has cleaned up existing relationships. I think it's important for me to picture that version of myself. And I completely agree. I think that there's amazing value in picturing the finish line, so to speak, right? So if we're using the running example, let's picture yourself running through that 26.2 mark. Yes, do that. But I need you to shelf it. So do that. You've got the image, shelf it. Now I need to picture yourself being triggered and wanting alcohol, having cravings for alcohol, picture the social engagement, the party, the happy hour where your friends are having cocktails and you're sipping on a soda with a splash of cranberry. And it's really awkward for you because quite frankly, the behaviors and patterns of behaviors that you have instilled within yourself over the the 20 years is that you're usually drunk during these episodes or these outings. And now you're sober and you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say. And it's kind of awkward and you're kind of jealous and you're kind of mad and you're kind of sad. Picture all of that. If you drink alone at home, picture yourself alone. The kids have gone to bed and this is normally when you pour yourself a glass of wine. Picture yourself pacing around the kitchen because you're, you're kind of like twitching because you're so uncomfortable and you don't know how to just handle relaxing without a glass of wine. Picture yourself sweating up a fucking storm overnight because that's what happens when your body detoxes. Picture yourself getting up to pee like three to six times a night because that's what your body is doing when it detoxes. Picture yourself having a headache for 14 days straight because that's what your body does when it detoxes. Picture yourself having crippling anxiety six months into your sobriety because you have numbed and mask the ability to deal with these big emotions for the majority of your adult life. Picture that, picture all of this stuff because all of this stuff is the reality of our collective journey. And if we have proactively thought about all of this stuff ahead of time, when it comes to hit us in the face, when we least expect it, we will be prepared for it number two edit your environment i promise you if there's something that you are seeking motivation for then there is something in your current environment that you can change get rid of the booze get rid of the booze if your spouse insists on there being alcohol in the house because You're not on the same journey as you shouldn't be. You're two different people. Then come up with a solution where the booze is hidden from you, where you don't have access to it. There's a lock on the liquor cabinet. I promise you, if I walk into your house right now, I will find a way to hide the booze for you or make it inaccessible to you. This is same of food. If you have a a fitness goal, a nutrition related growth goal, like throw away the junk food in your house, throw away the sugar. You want to get to the gym in the morning, or maybe you want to get to the gym after work so that you don't drink, put your work clothes out the night before, or put them in a duffel bag and put them, you know, right next to the door. So at five o'clock you can leave the house and go to the gym, or maybe you're driving to work. Just put it in your car. You go straight to the gym. How else can you change your environment without just stripping things away? Um, you can write affirmations for yourself, write them on the mirrors, write them on post-its. Maybe you're giving yourself phone reminders that you're a badass who can accomplish anything you set your mind to. That was my affirmation in early sobriety. I had it written with Expo markers on my mirrors, and I would change out the verbiage about every two weeks but it was everywhere. Literally every mirror in the house had some kind of affirmation for myself to remind me of the journey that I was on. Change your commute home from work. If you are triggered to drive past the liquor store or the wine store or whatever, like is there another route that you can take to avoid that? But anything in your environment that is supporting The thing the very thing that you want to change, ask yourself how you can modify and adjust that if you're going out with friends to uh, a happy hour or a dinner. What about recommending a restaurant that you know doesn't serve alcohol or doesn't have a big bar scene. Those are these are ways that we can change our environment, why don't you go out for coffee instead go out for ice cream instead. Number three, this one's not very popular. (laughs) Just do it anyway. Stop making excuses. This is not meant to be fun. You're not meant to like it. It's not supposed to be enjoyable. If it was all of those things, then everybody would be doing it. So here's here's what I give myself for a little bit of grace in this instance is I give myself five minutes to throw a temper tantrum to cry to kick to scream to shout to punch the wall, whatever makes you feel better. But you get five minutes. And then after those five minutes. Do it anyway. Or in the case of abstaining from alcohol, don't do it anyway. So you feel the craving, you want to do the thing, you want to go out with the friends, feel it, sit in it, right? That's very common in recovery across the board. All platforms of recovery will tell you to sit in your feelings. And so I'm telling you the same thing and I'm granting you permission to throw a temper tantrum. If you listen to Tori's story, I believe she was episode four. Um, Towards the end of the episode, she provides permission to scream into a pillow. Um, Different topic, but same concept, right? If you are feeling frustrated, sad, scared, anxious, Anything that is super uncomfortable and you are just itching to give in to 20 years of history of drinking history, 10 years of drinking history, then grant yourself permission to grab a pillow and scream your head off into it or go out into an open space, into a parking lot, into the woods and just scream your head off and then come back and stick to your guns, whether that's doing the thing that you said you were gonna do or not doing the thing that you said you weren't going to do. And it's not easy and you're not gonna feel like it and it is gonna suck at times, but despite it all, you are capable of what you want to achieve. And if we implement these tools and these systems, it's like a cheat code to finding success faster and expediting your recovery and reducing your pain and suffering. Number four is start before you're ready. And I wanna start this one off by asking you a question. I want you to think of a time in your life when you truly accomplish something amazing like the kind of accomplishment that you wanted to scream from every rooftop. You wanted to like post on every social media channel. If that's your thing, you wanted to share it with a loved one, with family members, with friends. What is one thing that you've accomplished in your life that just gave you so much pride? So a couple of ideas, you know, maybe it was a job promotion that you earned one time. Maybe it was a beautiful baby that you welcomed into the world. Maybe it was a house you bought a business. You opened a race. You ran the first car you bought. Maybe it was your wedding. A university degree. These lists can grow and grow and grow and grow. Now, the reason I'm asking you to bring back these memories of things that were just above and beyond, right? Things that you accomplished. Is for a couple of reasons. The first reason is I want you to acknowledge when you look at that journey of yours that there were bumps and bruises along the way in that journey, whether it was your pregnancy, the race, the promotion you earned, the house you bought, the marriage, any of these examples. There were, I guarantee you, bumps and bruises along the way to that journey. The second reason I want you to recall this memory is because I can almost guarantee you that when you started this journey, whether it was a degree, buying the car, getting pregnant, getting married, you weren't ready. We are hardly ever ready for these things in life. And in fact, to take it a step further, if we waited until we were ready, we would never do them. So I certainly was not ready to bring a child into the world. Um, My pregnancy was a surprise to me, Uh, but she's probably to date, the one thing that I am most proud of. The MBA program, I started just with, chaos. My life was chaos, but I knew it was something that I wanted and I didn't know how I was going to do it or how I was going to finish it or achieve it. I was working full time, you know, getting an MBA, um, in active addiction. And then the whole cancer thing came in to play, but I did it. And that to date is one of the things I am most proud of. When I received my life coaching certification with the Jay Shetty certification school, I started that certification with so many questions about where that was going, why I was doing it, but I knew it felt right. So I leaned into it. And even once I started the program, I had to take a break because my physical health declined so badly that I had to just take a break and take care of myself and then got back on the saddle, finished the certification. And to date, it is one of the things I am most proud of. So you don't have to be ready for any of it. You're not supposed to be ready for any of it, but you are supposed to do it anyway. Now, does that mean I I wouldn't change a thing or two about my experience for any of these accomplishments? Probably, maybe, but probably not because it's led me to be exactly where I am today. And I've learned invaluable lessons from all of them. And I can tell you with full confidence that none of these successes and accomplishments would have happened in my life if I had waited until I was ready. Absolutely not, especially sobriety. So when I found my sobriety, I was very much in a cognitive dissonant mindset, we'll call it. Um, Meaning I had a lot of internal daily conversation with myself, Around part of me recognizing and wanting to let it go, but part of me very much wanting to keep it part of my life in some form of moderation or another. And I wrestled with that for a solid six months, like solid six months. Um, and the moment that I found my sobriety. I had been putting in so much work leading up to it that I did have a single moment of clarity. And I knew in that very moment that the drink that I had just opened was going to be my last. And that was an evening. We had gone out with friends. I took my last drink. I took a sip of it. It tasted absolutely awful. And... I went to bed knowing that I had just had my last sip of alcohol and I woke up in the morning, felt like shit and made a declaration to myself that I was done for good. And I was, that was the last time I took a drink. I I think I've shared a bit of that story before. Um, So especially when it comes to sobriety, you do not have to be ready. You do not have to be prepared. You don't have to have the answers. A gut feeling and a burning desire is enough. You need to count down from five and jump. So here are the four ways to prepare you for this journey so that you can have success. Number one, Visualize the reality and the suck. Number two, edit your environment. Any micro changes to help you are a good thing and be proactive here. Number three, just do it anyway. Stop making excuses. And number four, start before you are ready because you will never be ready. It is never going to be a good time, especially in the conversation around sobriety. It is never going to be a good time to get sober. I can promise you that this is being recorded. Um, early December, right? It is so easy to say, no, I've got holiday parties, Christmas. I just had my birthday, New Year's. I'll just start on New Year's. Yeah. I'm going to do the dry January thing, right? Guess what? There's going to be a dinner. There's going to be a conference. There's going to be a birthday party. There's going to be just a very stressful night. There will always be something. football season, right? There's always going to be a reason to drink. So every day is a good day. To make your decision. It doesn't matter because you're going to be inconven- inconvenienced. And if you visualize the reality and the suck, you will be prepared for it. So bottom line guys, there's no motivation. There is you and what you choose to do. And if you like any of this stuff, there's a whole lot of tips and tricks um, on my website. I have a whole like page that's dedicated to free resources. So you might wanna check that out, louisearnett.com, because I like to constantly add and evolve that portion of it, but it does have a few solid tips and tricks that are, are gonna help you on your sober journey as well. So check that out. And, I want you to, as we close out today's session, (laughs) podcast session, at the beginning, I asked you to think about a couple of things that you find yourself asking motivation for. So go back to one or two of those items. And now having kind of walked through these four different tactics that we can use, I want you to ask yourself what you can do in a small incremental way to just get you 1% closer to achieving that goal that you admittedly said you are seeking motivation for. Start today, start right now. Thank you so much for listening today. If you liked it, please do not forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. This is the only way we can spread the mission of Together Sober to help individuals find lasting sobriety and mental peace. If you didn't like it, don't even worry about it. You're like totally fine.